day. Come on, can we just lift our hands all over this place? Come on, let's just take a few more. Nothing like the presence of the Lord. You know, in, in our lives on this earth, we make a lot of things a priority. We traditionally do a lot of things. This week we had our president give the State of the Union address, and as tradition, when everyone comes in, when the president is announced and steps in, everyone stands and, and gives honor and, and respect. And we come to the house of the Lord and we feel his presence. When the spirit of the Lord just ushers in, hallelujah. How much, how much more so should we not recognize and realize, come on, thank you, Jesus. Could you honor the Lord from the fruit of your lips with your substance today? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, you are our Savior, Lord. Master, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Amen. There's just something about, there's something in his presence. Fullness, fullness of joy. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate you today. If you'll grab your Bibles. Uh, well, today is Super Bowl day. Amen. I don't mean the, the football game. I'm talking about. A Super Bowl of spaghetti and a show. And uh, just to give you a little hint, I brought my tap dancing shoes. So I'll just leave it there. But uh, looking forward to that. That's today. What time, Brother Samuel? Three, three o'clock at the other door. Come in. Come in there. If you haven't got a ticket, you can buy one at the door. Amen. No extra charge either, by the way. So, amen. If you haven't got a ticket, uh, they have the food, uh, fun, fellowship, uh, 3 o'clock. What a great day. It's beautiful outside. Amen. Come on out and have a good time. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect here, but uh, between now and then, pray. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. Something's going on because this guy here has been in the church three or four days in a row here cooking or doing something back here. I come in, the lights are on, and I thought, man, I smell food. I went back in the kitchen. There was food out there and stuff going on. So, amen, some stuff going on. Oh, yeah, do a commercial. I, I didn't set you up to do a commercial. There you go. 10%. Numbers chapter 7, Numbers chapter 7, amen. 
Numbers chapter 7, reading verses 4 through 9. I will say, since she's not here, I do miss my wife. And this is proof I do dress myself every Sunday. Uh, she didn't lay it out. In fact, before she left, I tried to torment her a little bit. You know how Sister Lori is about the house. I said, I'm not doing any laundry. I'm not doing any dishes. And the bed will not be made one time while you're gone. I thought she was going to have a heart attack before she left. That's not the case. It's been taking care of stuff. Numbers chapter 7, verses 4 through 9. Amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take it of them, that they may go, that they may do to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Thou shalt give them unto the Levites, to every man according to his service. service. Verse number 6, And Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon. According to their service, verse number 8, And four wagons and eight oxen he gave unto the sons of of Merai, according to their service, under the hand of Ithmar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But unto the sons of Kohath, he gave none. Look at your neighbor and say none. Because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. Amen. Going back to verse number nine, but unto the sons of Kohath, he gave none. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't need a wagon. You don't need a wagon. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Ever since the invention of the wheel, life has been made easy for man in a lot of ways. How many have a wheelbarrow? How many have an old-fashioned wheelbarrow that only has one wheel? How many, like me, has learned that if you get the two wheels, you don't have to balance it as much? Wheels are great. But here we find there's four divisions of the Levites. Uh, We'll just call it that special tribe who was devoted to the work of the Lord, the work of God. In fact, other tribes would receive an inheritance in Canaan's land, but not the Levites. There's a reason for that. God has a purpose in everything that he does. But the Levites were to live off of the tithes and the offerings of the other tribes. Each served in God's house, and each had a job to do. But unto the Levites, they were to depend on the others. Uh, That was God's plan. And so when you look at this, I want you to understand God has a plan in our life. Similar to what we read about in Scripture. God is no respecter of person. Things that we go through in life is tethered, is tied to things, amen, that's already happened in life. And God's already dealt with those things. But remember at that time, the house of God was mobile. Look at your neighbor and say mobile. I'm not talking about a phone. It was moved from Egypt to Canaan. And the Levites were responsible 
for moving the tabernacle. Amen. They were responsible for that. And it's now that the tabernacle was built and the leaders of Israel had brought six wagons and 12 oxen to the house of God. And they had brought those there. And it's interesting because there are things that we don't do before that now God says, we want you to do, I want you to do. And so they'd always, they'd always packed it, they'd always carried, they'd always, they'd always had to, a process of moving the tabernacle. But here was a donation made of wagons and oxen. And notice this, God, it was God that had to tell Moses, you accept them. You go ahead and take them. In fact, it was God that says, here's how you're going to divvy it out. Here's how you're going to break it down. And so the Levites, they cared for the house of God. Moses accepted them and presented them to the three divisions of Levites who cared for the things of God. Gashon had two carts and four oxen, and Merai had four carts and eight oxen. But Koreth had none. There's a reason. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a reason. God always has a reason for everything that he does. If you go to Numbers chapter 3, you'll find the explanation of each one of them, their purpose. They each one had a purpose of what they had to carry, what they had to move, what they were responsible for. Amen. Gashon in chapter 3, verse 25 and 6, two wagons and four cars, that, that was enough to do what was they, they needed to transport or to move. In, in chapter 3, verse 36, 37, it was the heavy stuff. Look at your neighbors, say the heavy stuff. It took four wagons and eight oxen. So Mary was the one responsible for moving that. But in chapter 3, verse 29 through 31, I want you to see this. Because in verse 31, and their charge shall be the ark and the table and the candlestick and the altars and the vessels of the sanctuary wherewith they minister and the hanging and all the service thereof. Notice God had specific, had specific things for each tribe to do. How many believe that God has something specific in your life for you to do? How many believe that you were put on this earth at random? Good, I like hearing crickets. No, none of us was put on this earth. None of us was given breath. None of us have been led by God, amen, to be where we're at for just some random reason. God has a purpose for everything that he does. Now, understand when it comes to what the, the, the Kohath had, they had, what their tribe had to carry, it was nothing light. It wasn't nothing easy. And please know that there were no lightweight objects in what they had to do. Things were made of metal, and they weighed a good amount. Amen. And, and, and how many wagons did they get? None. How many feel like sometimes your burden's heavy? How many feel like sometimes you feel like you're carrying the weight of the world? You ever see the guy with the world on his back? Who is that? Thank you. Think about it. Sometimes we feel like we're carrying more than what we should or what we're responsible for. But God said none. What if God said that to us today? In our struggle to carry the things of life. Nope. You don't get any wheels. You don't get any help. 
You're going to bear it on your shoulders. Has the Lord told you that? Has the Lord let you know that, hey, uh, you're on your own? Not at all. God will not leave you on your own. He said, none. He said, don't give them any wagons. Don't give them any oxen. (laughs) Think about it. To the children of Eli, he said, none. God said, don't give any wagons to Koath because their work is different than the others. Come on, put up verse number 9 again. I want you to see this. But unto the sons of Koath, he gave none because the service of the sanctuary belongeth unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. Amen. I don't know about you, church, but I feel like with everything that's going on in the world today, amen, God wants the church, amen, not to get wagons, amen, not to make it easy, but he wants us to bear one another's burdens. He wants us to bear amen the things amen that he's laid upon this earth he wants the church to be prepared and to be strong come on and to go through it and to let the world know look at me the world oh I feel the whole the world is in our charge hear that devil the, listen, what God is doing, it's all about God. God has not raptured. God has not caught away his people yet. Amen. So guess what? Uh, this world is benefiting, uh, amen, by you and I still being around. Uh, that's why we've got to learn how to carry the weight of things uh, that are taking place in this whole world. People get worked up. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm born to carry. I'm born to carry. Matter of fact, our whole lives, listen to me. God wants to speak to some folks today. Amen. Your whole life, amen, can be defined by what you carry. It just seems like God lays the burden on some like he does others. Come on, you may be the prayer warrior of the church. You may be the giver of the church. Come on, you may be the pillar of a church. You may be the backbone. You may be the, amen, those that just, the silent ones that that just pray, amen, that carry the weight, that feel things that maybe you don't think others are feeling. Think about that. It happens. Notice God had designated different things for different tribes. Travel overseas. Anybody been to a third world country or traveled overseas? What do you see people carrying? Usually you see over there, they carry the necessities of life. You see women. Big baskets on their head. You see them carrying food. Vegetables and all just carry. You see them, you know, backpacking and, and carrying things. I've seen bicycles loaded down. Uh, with as much tr- stuff on them as you could put in a, a box truck here. What we carry. There was a brother in the church years ago. I was at the Muncie Mall several years ago. <laughs> Come out of the mall. Funny sight. You know, we say go to Walmart and sit out in the parking lot and get you some popcorn and you. It's a 
cheap movie. It's true. But I was coming out of the mall and walking. I forget who was with me. Oh, my Lord, look. And there was this small car with this huge refrigerator strapped on top of that car. You know, it's one, oh, my God. And while we were laughing, when I got the view of who's driving, oh, my God, that's Brother So-and-so in the church. I ain't going to say his name. That's a brother from my church. Right through the, right through, I and I thought, what in the world is he doing in the mall parking lot? Well, he just driving around advertising. Hey, anybody need a refrigerator? But it was the oddest looking thing. Sometimes some of the things that we carry is odd. Others may not understand, but sometimes desperation, you do desperate things. Come on, how many agree? Sometimes you just got to get, you got to do whatever you can to get by. But ever since the wheel, we don't carry too much if we can get by with it. We let the wheel, we let the wagons, we let the things carry the heavy work. And like the wagons, and I'll use this as some technology is not bad at all. Thank God for wheels. Thank God for wagons. I'm a gun smoke, rifleman, rawhide, watching kind of guy. And it amazes me how people got by back then without automobiles. Okay, so, oh, Lord, here he goes. No, we are, I don't want to say we're spoiled. We've gotten smart. We've figured some things out. We don't have, look, we don't have to do what we used to do. We don't have to wait on our food. Come on, we don't have to go to grandma's house on Sunday and wait for hours while they whip up food anymore. Why, Lord, it, we can nuke it. Minutes. Thank God for technology. The others got to load it on wheels and head through the wilderness. Sometimes it don't seem fair. Fair. Sometimes it just, life just don't seem that way. But God says, listen. God said, no wagons for them. They must bear it upon their shoulder. In other words, think about that. That's a separation. That's something what we call holy. That's a holy burden God placed on them, not like the others. Come on, there's a holy burden, I believe. God has placed on the church a holy responsibility that we have to bear the weight of some things that maybe we just don't quite understand why. But we're the church. Come on, we're mobile. We're moving. We're active. Amen. And there's things that we've got to have in place. And God says the only way they're going to happen is if you shoulder them. Come on, we have buildings. We have preachers and singers and musicians and all those things. And man, thank God we do. We have modern wagons. There's a bunch of them out in the parking lot. Oxen to help us carry this gospel message all over the world. We have means now to do things. You can send money through the air. Click of a button. 
Think about it. We have means now that we've never, it's never been possible. Digital signs and websites and streaming video and all these systems. And what a great thing. Technology is great. If you understand it. Scares me to death. But we still need a holy burden. We still need simply the things that require a shoulder and not a wheel. A prayer. Come on, something that's not convenient. Time for prayer. Come on, time to come together. Time to be the people of God. Time to shoulder the burden of this world. Amen. And pray about things. Amen. Come together and pray about things. Amen. It seems like it may be impossible to take care of. Amen. But we trust a God that knows what he's doing. That says, I want you, the church, to be prepared. I want you, the church, to bear the burden. I want you, the church, amen, to carry it upon your shoulder in this modern age. That's a holy burden. Why? Because it's given from God. God is the one that directed it to them. Made it holy. When God's in something, it's holy. Nothing like it. I mean, we're in the day and age where, look at me. A big smile. We have this modern joy. Come on, we do. Everything appears to be okay. I'm good. You're good when you're medicated. Any other time, you're a mess. That's not in my notes, sorry. But there's a holy burden. A burden that only comes from almighty God. And when it's given, it will cause us to shoulder the holy responsibilities that God is seeking to be done. If I was to ask this body of believers today, what do you think the church needs? I guarantee you there'll be a variety of things, amen, that would come up. But church, remember, remember this, and this is something that we've got to get young people, remember this, uh, amen, the modern Pentecost, uh, amen, that we are now in uh, came through a burdened people, uh, amen, God put a burden on the people before us, uh, amen, to lay the foundation, uh, amen, to pave the way, uh, they weren't given a road of ease, uh, amen, they weren't given wagons, uh, amen, to make life easy, in fact, things were even a lot harder, uh, amen, that then days, uh, guess what, them old Model T's uh, and and them old cars, amen, that had narrow wheels on them, they would load them down with people to get them to church. Now we got fine automobiles that we pay thousands of dollars for, amen, and we're scared to death to pick somebody up or drive across town because it's too expensive. My God, we got to understand, they got to have a burden. We've got a van for this church. Somebody's got to get a burden to drive it because our kids need it today. Somebody's got to get a holy burden from God that says, listen, uh, amen, I'll bear the burden. I'll carry it on my, I know it's a sacrifice. But we live today, I don't want to be in that tribe. Put me in the other tribe. 
Let me be with this. Let me be on that side. Let me be in this group. Come on, that's not what God wants. When God chooses you, uh, amen, to do something, he chooses you for a reason. You can handle it. You can do it. You can bear it. And when he chooses you, uh, you've got to understand, uh, it's not my choosing, uh, amen. It's a holy burden from God. God chose me. If we're not careful, this is what sometimes we missed Miss right in our midst. We miss it. I don't know how to say this without it being an indictment to all of us. Where's the passion? Starting with ministry. Where's the tears? Where's the brokenness in preaching? Where's reaching those, amen, from the heart, not their mind? Come on, let's, 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 let's get the holy burden to go after a person's heart, amen, not do the mind game and the mind stuff and try to figure out and give things and do things and, and just try to lure them in. Come on, it's going to take a holy burden from God, amen, and that means uh, sometimes there's sacrifices that we have to make. Sometimes it may be heavy. Sometimes we may look over there and see the wagons in front of us and think, well, it just don't seem fair, but instead of being like that, guess what? The, the tribe says no you know what we'll bear the burden amen I don't care what they do or what they do amen God gave me this task amen this is a godly thing and what I'm doing is important what I'm doing amen is anointed what I'm doing is setting up for those amen that can come and worship God going to miss it if we're not careful. Young people, listen to me. You're going to miss it if you're not careful. We're going to get the attitude. Where's my wagon? Where's my pulpit? Where's my time to sing? Where's my this? Where's my that? Amen. That's not what it's about. Amen. We've got to understand. It's not where's my pulpit? Where's my title? Amen. Don't run from the burden. Don't miss God's best. God wants you to bear. Bear it on your shoulder. Trust me, there's nobody in this room that understands this. I know we're wired to look for the easier ways. <laughs> I'm one of the first, hey, what's the, here's the way, is there a better, is there an easier way? That's what we, I mean, that's just human nature. We're just wired to look for easier ways and hope and pray that things will become or come easy. The church wasn't built on ease. It was not. It was forged under pressure. Come on, listen to me. We can say it tongue in cheek, but unless we really understand what we're saying when we say it, the devil's not happy, and he's not going to leave you alone. So stop. Stop whining about it. Stop carrying on about it. Hear me. 
Stop worrying about it and realize I've got a holy burden. I've got a holy mission. God has given me the responsibility. He said, listen, you're not getting no wagons. It's not going to be made easy. Amen. You've got to bear the burden. You've got to carry it on your shoulder. Oh, God. Get me out of this tribe. I'll go over there somewhere else. Come on. Stop trying to grease the wheels of modern convenience and realize God wants you to bear what he's given you to carry. Come on, church. We can't see a harvest of people without people in the field cultivating the ground and sowing seed. It just is not going to happen automatic. We've got to get out there and we've got to cultivate the ground We've got to get a holy burden for the lost. Come on. Let me close. Go ahead and come to music. What they carried. They carried, look, look, let's analyze what they carried. They carried the altars, brazen and golden. Representing, are you listening? Representing the burden of sacrifice. The altars, the burden of sacrifices that were to be made, brazen and golden altars. They had to bear these burdens. Things weren't light. This metal, it wasn't, wasn't easy. The labor connects us to the burden of righteousness. What's right? The candlestick and shoe bread. The burden of revelation. Thank God for. They carried this. The Ark of the Covenant, the burden of relationship. Church, if we don't continue being the church, if we don't continue bearing the burden, can I stop and say this? Some of you that hit and miss and are not faithful to the house of God, you need to stop and become faithful. I don't care whether you get mad at me or not, I'm just telling you. God wants us to be faithful because we've got to show people that we're bearing the burden because if we Amen. don't, if it stops, guess what? Amen. Come on. I don't want the church to die. Come on. As we know it. I want the church to, I know there's going to be a church. I know the gates of hell can't prevail. But listen, we say those words tongue in cheek, but every week we have to decide ourselves whether we're going to remain and whether we're going to continue to be the church. Amen. The word of God is important. That's why preachers give up all the time. Why? Because there's no point in coming, amen, to a pulpit when there's nobody to teach or preach to. When there's no burden. Come on, think about it. Everybody wants a wagon. Everybody wants it easy. We all do. But God has not made the church to take on a life of ease. We're not to come into these comfortable places that we've built and set with our arms folded and our legs crossed and expect somebody to do the singing and somebody to do the playing and somebody to do the preaching and somebody to take care of the building and somebody to keep it up and somebody to pay their tithes. Amen. Let somebody else do it. Come on. God has put the burden of responsibility on every one of us. Stay with me. 
can't see a harvest without people in the field. We can't carry the things of God, the altars, the labor, the candlestick, the shoe bread, the ark of the cup. We can't carry those. All this, none of these things can be placed on wagons. They're to be shouldered. Psalms chapter 142 verse 4. Would you put that up? For those of you who think that the preacher gets up here and tries to drive you, it's not driving you. I'm trying to encourage you to please God. Because God's not pleased in us sitting at home and doing nothing. God's not pleased in knowing that there's a lost and dying world. And when we come to church, we want to just sing about it and rejoice about it, knowing good and well that we're not doing a whole lot about it. And I'm not talking about programs. and I'm not talking about doing stuff. I'm talking about reaching lost people. I just told somebody. I just told somebody yesterday. We can get up here and preach Acts 2.38 all we want to. You can go out there and spout Acts 2.38 to anybody you want to. They don't know what that means. They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. It takes a process. It takes a drawing. When God starts dealing with folks, he'll start working on both ends. If you're like me when I look at this, I think, Lord, think about it. He had to be selective. Let's see. I don't know. You're kind of skinny. Hey, big fella. I want you to be a carrier. Come on. I don't, God didn't go and just select the big ones and listen, this is your, this is your call. This is your lot in life. You're in this tribe. This is what you're going to do. He didn't say, Bishop Purdue, Brother Purdue, Pastor Purdue, things are going to be easy. Never. Nothing's ever easy today simply because we're dealing every day with each other, people. And we're not the easiest. Look at me. We're not the easiest to deal with. We're moody, we're selective. We are. We do what we really want to do. We remember the things we really want to remember. Everything else just kind of. But I want you to see in this scripture here, the last six words, probably the six saddest words in the Bible. No man cared. For my soul. Come on, would you close your eyes and would you bow your head? I could care less about your flesh. Really, I'm serious. I, I love you. We love each other. I don't chase flesh. When someone's hungry, someone's searching, come on, it's that soul that we've got to care for.
The reason this preacher says things that he does is, amen, to get after your soul, not after your mind, not after your thoughts. Come on, it's not your concerns. Come on, it's what you feel the burden of God is in your life. Contrary to what some think, I've been praying God would bring conviction back into the church. There's something lacking about our conviction. I've watched Christian people filled with the Holy Ghost go out in the world and show themselves as just being worldly in a variety of ways that's no different. You're not in that tribe. You're not a part of that people. That's not what God's called you to be. We're to be an example. Everywhere we go. Think about it. Think about it. Just think about it. Wherever you're at, in the privacy of your home, the thoughts, the feelings. Can I tell somebody today, under the auspice of the Holy Ghost, you don't need a wagon. Come on. Lay your hand on your heart. Just confess to God. God, I, I've tried to make it. I've, I've, I've tried to make it. I've been trying to make it easy on myself. I want to fall under your divine purpose. I want to be, Lord, and do your divine will. Thank you, God, for a holy burden. Thank you for a holy burden. God, because this was given by you and for you. Come on, would you pray right now over yourself? Jesus. Come on, call out to Jesus. I recognize, I realize my part in this life, being a servant to you. I didn't place myself in something. I believe, God, you put me there. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the...